Welcome back to Screen Time. I'm Rokan. I am Richard Grober. Much to discuss, but first I must tell you this. The digital landscape is changing rapidly, and to compete in today's business environment, you need an experienced partner. Since 1995, AmericanEagle.com has partnered with companies of all sizes, offering web design, development, e-commerce, mobile apps. It all grows your business because they believe that today's online world is your opportunity. Visit AmericanEagle.com today to get started. If you want to optimize and take it, uh, to another level, expose yourself to red light therapy. Yes. Um, and the juve um, that we were using in the documentary, there's a massive amount Which of it. Which is testicle tanning. It's testicle tanning, but it's also full body uh, red light therapy. Uh -huh. which has massive amount of benefits. And there's so much data out there um, that isn't being picked up on or covered. So obviously half the viewers right now are like, what, that's testicle tanning, that's crazy. But my view is, okay, testosterone levels like crash and nobody says anything about it, that's crazy. So why is it crazy to seek solutions? Many things have surprised me <laughs> in this last <laughs> three, four, five years. Uh. But I never, ever could have imagined that Tucker Carlson's balls would actually <laughs> wow. be a topic of conversation. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I also think by now, if somebody hasn't named their band Testicle Tanning, they've, it's a missed opportunity. because <laughs> it's, it's dominating the, the worlds of news and, and social media. So Tucker Carlson, they do these specials now, he, you know, in addition to his nightly program, yeah. where he has the same expression on his face for 60 minutes every night. Of befuddlement, like scrunching up his nose, preppy mm -hmm. style, mm -hmm. as someone tells him something. Uh, but now they do these specials, and this one's called "The End of Men." Yes, and it's all about how you know we're not allowed to be manly anymore, which is okay if you think so. So Tucker Carlson puts on his, his, his what do they call those chinos, khakis? What are those? Yeah, pants? Sure, whatever. And the and the penny loafers mm -hmm. with no socks, yep. and the blazer and the uh -huh. bow tie, uh -huh. and interviews hunky men about how we can be more manly. <laughs> You can you okay. can call Dr. Freud if you want. That's up to you. It's a giant joke. I mean, that's what it is. First of all, they do those shows because they want to give everybody the night off on Sundays. That's why they do it. Okay. Those are weekend filler. Right. CNN does it. Everybody does yeah, it. It's yeah, a very yeah. standard deal. Okay. And, it's, uh, it, and it plays on Over the Top, which is another piece of this. Yeah. More people are watching the Fox News channel than ever. Yeah. Online and in delay on Apple TV or whatever they've got, Fire yeah. Sticks, whatever it happens to be. And Fox so, News Nation. Everybody has right. a news nation now. We are a nation of nations. <laughs> so it's like. And we're not united anymore. No. We're united nations. Were. No, we're yeah. a, a, the Unfortunately. exact opposite. And yeah. for reasons that you know, become very clear, because if you don't go crazy, if you don't tan your balls on television, you're not going to get attention. Yeah. Well, and we've talked about this a lot. Uh, Fox News, and you know, they've been around for a long time now, and they've gone through all kinds of iterations. But uh, it reminds me, Roe, we're here in Chicago, of course, folks know that, about what one longtime radio host said about another radio host who was coming up and was doing a lot of the you know morning zoo exploitation, fake news crap. And the veteran radio host said, it's extremely well-produced crap. So, and that's what this is. Fox News is brilliant at making television. Yes, they are. And their broadcasters and their stars through the years are very, very good. I can't stand 99% of what they say most of the time and disagree with it, but they know what they're doing. That's yeah. the thing. They know exactly what they're doing. There are literally eyelashes on Fox News Channel that are longer 
than my pointy finger. Oh my goodness. Well, and what does that it, say about me? I'm not I, sure. Well, yeah, I should, that's actually, another special. That could be the end of men part two or the beginning of the new man. Uh, and so many of their hosts, including some who are now, you know, out to pasture doing their, you know, internet thing or whatever after having been purged at some point, uh, went through this sort of metamorphosis through the decades where if you go back and look at the early careers of whether it's Laura Ingram or Bill O'Reilly, a lot of them, they had a certain kind of middle of the road thing and then kept going further and further to the right and they played to their audiences and Tucker Carlson is in that yeah. same uh, same mode. So Tucker now Carlson he, was yeah. on MSNBC. Right? Right? That's exactly. Let's not about forget that. that. Yeah. And he was an act then, he's an act now. And whether you enjoy him or not is, you know, that's your taste. You can you can yeah. choose to think, okay, that's kind of fun what he's doing. The problem is that people are starting to believe oh, everything they see on television. I swear to God, if Scooby-Doo were doing the news, we'd freaking believe it scooby-doo news i like that well that's exactly it because there's this heavy irony in all these people claiming fake news when you know respected media outlets report the facts and they say that's fake news but they buy into the complete and utter bullshit you know tucker carlson is embracing not just on this special but throughout his nightly program and other specials conspiracy theories and they throw them out there and he does this classic thing where he's like i'm not saying yeah this was a false flag operation, but shouldn't we be able to ask those questions in a free America, which is so disingenuous well, and I think X just on despicable, yeah. you know, but if you want to sell your broadcasting and I think ethical soul to do that, you're going to make a lot of money and you're going to do very well. So, I mean, it's ridiculous, but I guarantee you the people who put together this end of men special. <laughs> are loving every moment of the fact that testicle tanning was trending for 24 hours ahead of Ukraine and everything else because this is what everyone was talking about. Okay. So, yeah, we can mock it, but then people are click, 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 click. Sure, because I will now, too, that I've learned about it. Can you explain so you can save me and my thumb? Uh-huh. The- Carpal tunnel. Well, what happens? I, I think first of all, the people are really miscategorizing testicle tanning because that's just a, a, a part of the overall process. You're not only directing these high beams of whatever on your testicles. It's other. It's now, part do, of a. They do you call do this it, with uh, the sun, or do you do this like you with know, some? I, 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 all some... I know is they say it's part of bromeopathic bromeopathic therapy. It's called, I guess. Bromeopathic therapy. I don't know. That's something about the bro and the meo. Uh, and the guy, you know, the, and, and even Tucker Carlson is like, what are you saying? And the guy who's advocating this is like doing the same thing. Nothing else is working to get our testosterone levels up. The classic moment is after uh, Tucker Carlson interviews the testicle tanning advocate. He then goes to Kid Rock mm-hmm. on a Zoom. And it, people... I think know by now that Kid Rock has fully embraced the Republican far right, mm-hmm. you know, conspiracy theories, stuff, all yeah. of that Trump stuff. And even Kid Rock is like, what? What did I just see here? Dude, stop. Testicle tanning. Come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard anything open, that good open in a your, long time. Open I'm your starting, mind, Bobby. I'm st- Don't you think at this point when so many of the therapies, the paths they've told us to take have turned out to be dead ends that have really hurt people, why wouldn't open-minded people seek new solutions. I, I don't know what the hell is going on in this world. I'm not even sure if I understood that question. What What are you talking about? Even Kid Rock was flummoxed, <laughs> bewildered, and baffled. Uh, and and okay, that's saying right, a lot I, because we're talking about Kid Rock. 
Yeah, that's true. Could they do something for his hair? Well, I guess. Yeah, he, well, that's the other thing. It's so funny because Tucker Carlson and Kid Rock, you know, both taking on this kind of persona of the, you know, average American working class male. And I don't know which of them was brought up with more money and privilege out of the two. But again, that doesn't matter to the people watching. They're the same people who saw. There was another great video, Rowan. I don't want to get too political. I want to. We're, we're talking more about what the media. Yeah, I really does want to and know how, about his yeah. testicles. But well, we're else. moving. Up, but there was also video this weekend because once a year, maybe twice a year, uh, Donald J. Trump pretends he's a Christian and will attend some sort of service. And there's this fantastic video of Melania reading. The Lord's Prayer. And for people who don't know, that's the one that's our Father who art in heaven. You know, you've seen it, even if you're not Christian, in a million depictions. And then the camera zooms in on Donald, somebody in the crowd, and he doesn't know a single word. He's doing that thing <laughs> where you mouth it like right after yeah. it. And it's like, I've done that. Yeah. And yeah. that's fine. Listen, you know, I, I don't have any problem with that. First of all, we shouldn't be worried about whether or not our presidents are people of faith because there's a whole separation of church and state, and we know about that. But Got, okay, fine. Yeah, Joe Biden wants to do an Easter egg roll. Good for him, you know, with Dr. Jill. But this is the thing about Trump, the arrogance and the laziness. He doesn't even say, you know, I should learn this one prayer so I could lead the prayer and at least fake people out for 16 minutes that I give a shit about Christianity and spirituality and God and Easter. And he's swaying back and forth like he always does, like the uh, like the husky-sized kid in line yeah. at Disney World who has right. to pee but doesn't want to give up his place in line. He sways <laughs> back and forth. He sways back and forth. And you could, if there were thought bubbles over his head, it would be KFC, Diet Coke, <laughs> uh, Par 3. You know, we know this. And he, but he doesn't even bother. And he's just like, amen. And he's like, amen. And everyone's like, see, He's a man of God, right. unlike well, those heathens, Joe Biden and Barack Obama, who actually are Christians who go to church all the time. You know, all right, I, I, you're still on this role. I left it. I left this station maybe two years ago. Well, that was you, before testicle tanning. You couldn't, you cannot convince people no, otherwise. I'm not, well, I'm not saying you can't. Again, I'm talking about what they say are the the optics of all of this and the, the amazing uh, broadcast pyrotechnics that people are pulled off are pulling off so what okay just just answer me this okay i got you've you. seen this i have not seen this do you actually tan your testicles in a live sun kind of situation I, or is I, there I'm a going machine to be honest with what, you, what goes on I, I couldn't get past the interview i didn't actually <laughs> I, I mean i didn't feel like i need to learn no to learn more you know how a lot of uh, <laughs> online places i'll do to learn more about this topic click here the more you know i didn't do that but I have a segue for you. Okay. Do you have one final thought? Yeah, I do. Thought? I, well, I have one thought. For those of you this. listening who don't have the video component, which we haven't introduced yet, uh, Roe has one more thought. Yes. And now, Tammy Faye, right? They did, did this whole movie now. It's Jessica just, Chastain won the Oscar. Right. Yeah, Tammy Faye. Critically yeah. acclaimed Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. There's an entire generation of people who do not know who right. they were. Right. And they were complete charlatans yeah. on television. And I know this movie portrays her in a little different light. He's a complete charlatan, and maybe she was along for the ride and wasn't along for the ride, yeah. or whatever it is. But regardless, the two, you know, were taking all that money from their believers and yeah. spending it to build an air conditioner in the doghouse, right? And, and yeah, and it's happening to this day 
Every Sunday morning, you'll see these pastors and right. these, you know, mega churches, and they're preaching, and they're in suits, you know, beautiful suits. They're not priests, but they are some sort of pastor, and they're raking in millions upon millions of dollars in donations and jetting along on private planes, and people, you know, there's the $15 million house of this famous televangelist, and people still send the money in. Right. And it's got nothing to do, nothing to do with what Christianity is supposed to be about. But if you point that out, people are like, oh, well, you're a non-believer. You're a heathen. And I'm like, but but, but Jesus Christ Superstar, you should watch that movie. See, he was like this rebel. <laughs> he, he's, everything he stood for, you hate. But those are the people in their Twitter bio. Twitter bio, it says, softball coach. <laughs> Father of seven. <laughs> proud Republican. Christian. I hate the gays, the blacks, and everybody else. <laughs> proud Christian. So... I think what we have learned here, again, is you cannot convince people. If you people go back to testicle tanning. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm done. I don't care if it's, right. I don't care if Tucker Carlson's testicles are tan. A sentence I never thought I would ever have to make. I would just say this. You might remember this, Roe. This has got to be, what, 30 years ago, one of the most famous bits on Saturday Night Live. It was a parody of all those sexist uh, beer commercials where all the guys are at the pool and then the you know, the babes in yeah. the bikini show up and they ogle them, right? Right. And I know Farley was in this and I think Sandler and they're all like at the pool and they're having the brewskis and then they start going and it's playing like Hot for Teacher or one of those like Van Halen songs and they're and they're all looking at tan shirtless men jumping into the <laughs> pool. And it was so brilliant because it wasn't homophobic. It was actually making a commentary on the sexism of the time and it's great. You can look that up. I've got a segue for you. Okay, I can't wait to hear You know, this. I love to bring the segue in our many years together. There are so many of these limited series coming out in the last couple of years that are doing these extensive, in-depth, fictionalized looks at various political scandals. Remember, we talked about um, The Loudest Voice with uh, Russell Crowe playing Roger Ailes, right? Brilliant work by Russell Crowe. Sienna Miller playing Beth Ailes, which brings me to another one of my points because the upgrade in physical appearance Many of these depictions. All due respect to Roger and Beth Hales. Uh, there's a new series out called First Lady. And Viola Davis plays Michelle Obama. It's actually about three first ladies. It's one of those time-hopping yep. miniseries. Uh, Gillian Anderson, she was in the... Uh, the, the, the Queen. The, yeah, the Queen and then the, uh, the, the Outer thing, Limits. Yes. Uh, the the <laughs> X, the X Files. <laughs> the truth is out there. She plays Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah. And uh, uh, oh, Betty wow. Ford is portrayed by Michelle Pfeiffer. We've got a clip here. Michelle Pfeiffer, one of my all-time favorites, Ro. Mm-hmm. One of the great beauties and great actors, I think, of the, of the last generation's. This is her saying she'll never play a real person again after playing Betty Ford in The First Lady. I'd done this once before, and I said I would never do it again, what it was like to play a real person. It's just, it's very, very weighty, and it's with you all the time. Every choice you make, every, and you you just want to honor the person that you're playing, and you want to be as authentic as possible, knowing that there will be times where you're not and you can't be. I'm never doing it again. <laughs> so we'll see you in about 10 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm, I'm so proud. 
you know, I didn't know half of the contribution that Betty Ford made. I knew, of course, like most people, I, I knew of her struggle with alcohol abuse and drug addiction and her founding the Betty Ford, Ford Clinic. Um, but that's really kind of the extent of it. And there's just so much more to her. I mean, as if that isn't enough, there's so much more to her and really honored that um, I was given the opportunity to, to share that story with everyone. Because it's interesting, we've talked about this before, whether they're still with us or recently deceased, playing a real life character where there's so much archival footage and so much known puts a lot of pressure on these actors. And I, I was not, I, I thought the First Lady was going to be, it's a Showtime series called First Lady. I thought it was going to be Emmy, Peabody level stuff. And it's actually more like a Wikipedia entry. It's fascinating in some respects, but it's kind of heavy handed. But I, I have to say the most interesting performance is Michelle Pfeiffer as Betty Ford. Because, I, I mean, we all know some of the stories about Betty Ford. You know, married to Gerald Ford, who became president by accident after Spiro Agnew was ousted as vice president. He was named as vice president. Then Nixon resigned. All of a sudden, Gerald Ford's president. Betty Ford was the first lady. She was hoping they would retire from his long career at Congress at that point. And, you know, she famously and bravely battled alcoholism right. and pain pill addiction and founded the Betty Ford Center, et cetera. I did not know that early in life she was married before to an abusive, alcoholic, older no. man, that she was like a Martha Graham level, level dancer who had given up that career. There's all this nuance and interesting hmm. stuff. But there is a point where you're like, okay, I'm not sure I'm buying Michelle Pfeiffer. And, and in this flashback stuff Kiefer Sutherland plays FDR and I'm not I, it didn't work for me bro there's been a lot of great FDRs Ralph Bellamy the worst ever was John Voight in Pearl Harbor that's true he was, he was the, the worst. worst yeah that's true because remember he, you know we all know it was covered up or you know kind of ignored by the press for the you know for the security of the country and the family that FDR couldn't walk he was in a wheelchair and there's a scene in the movie the horrible film Pearl Harbor I love movie well it's it's you know it's listen it's cheesy you know yeah uh, it's, beautiful know, retro world war ii porn basically yes, that is exactly With, you know, what Kate it is Beckinsale yeah. and right and Affleck, everyone's great looking, they conflate two Josh major Hartnett, events yeah. of 1940 yeah one and 42 as if they were the same and the whole but, thing is a but there's weird. a scene where fdr who is paralyzed and cannot get stands up on his own yeah to declare his intentions to fight. And I'm like, what is this? What is going on here? <laughs> right, they had to, they actually had to move him. He could stand up. I mean, they put him well, in they, braces yeah, and stuff. Yeah, they bra put him in but, braces and there'd be two aides helping him stand because right. that's there's footage of that. But when he, in the movie, it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I It's like it's like one of the televangelists, you know, before there were televangelists, the healed him. Come out. Yeah, exactly. Ernest Angley, but my absolute oh, favorite. Ernest of Angley, people got to yeah. look him up. Uh, then impeachment American crime story, Sarah Paulson played Linda Tripp, uh, Colby Smulders, who is from that, like the agents of shield and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And, uh, how I met your, yeah. uh, how I met your mother, who was just absolutely gorgeous and wonderful. She plays Ann Coulter and Ann Coulter on her best day, which is, you know, Colby Smulders would play her. And then there's a new series coming out row called Gaslit. And I know you're going to find this fascinating. This is a stars series. This is all about the Watergate scandal, which we've seen tons of movies about. Correct. Everything from All the President's Men, showing it from different points of view. But this is all about Martha Mitchell, who was this famous... Uh, she was she was married to John Mitchell, who was the Attorney General. And Martha Mitchell was on the phone all the time, and she kind of helped crack open the Watergate. Everyone thought she was... Because she also had some problems with, you know, paranoia and anxiety. So, you know, she was labeled in the press as the mouth that roared, and she didn't know anything, but she did. 
Julia Roberts is playing Martha Mitchell. Wow. And Sean Penn is playing John Mitchell. And the makeup wow. in both cases is amazing. And uh, Dan Stevens, who people know from um, uh, Downton Abbey, very handsome. He plays John Dean, who was also a key figure in all of that. Kind of, you know, turned against the, the, the Nixon administration. So the Nixon administration, though 40 years ago, it does very clearly, uh, it parallels in many ways what has happened here too, right? And but so you didn't, true. But you didn't have the uh, you didn't have the social media component to it that just escalated it because people were able to take uh, more clear sides in this, and there were still people. I mean, there was a very small minority, but a minority nonetheless that stood up for Richard Nixon at the end and they were like, oh, yeah. you know, this guy, you know, he was just done in almost a, could have been sort of the, the match that lit what eventually happened because Roger Stone came directly from that era. Yep. He's got the Richard Nixon tattoo on his back. There are some Republicans who just wouldn't give it up because they love the idea that eventually we're just going to hoodwink the populace into doing what we want them to do because we will scare them. They created all these narratives and there was this whole, yeah, these army of loyalists. Right. Many of them ended up going to jail uh, for their part in this. And the whole thing was crazy because Nixon was was going to win in a landslide and yet they still orchestrated this break-in of the Democratic headquarters, dragging up dirt, digging up dirt on their opponents and doing all these dirty tricks just because they thought they could. And they they knew they could, quite yeah. honestly. And I don't think Nixon, you know, by, by today's standards nixon would have been a democrat in terms of his policies yeah i mean it, it, it's really true. reaching out to china and yeah. all this stuff yeah. he was a very he was he was in a lot of ways a, a traditional republican yeah, he, which the traditional republican was. doesn't uh, exist a anymore. cloth coat you know as right we talk about his wife having the good american cloth coat and the right. dog checkers and kind of middle of the road and work you know listen this guy was vice president he you know he ran for governor i mean right he was around forever and he was you know he, he, he listen he was tricky dick but the guy knew what he was talking about he wrote like nine books after he was ousted that had a lot of valuable insights and and other presidents including bill clinton would call Nixon for advice sure. on, foreign on foreign policy. Yeah, no, no question about it. I mean, and he'd been through literally the war. Yeah. You know, he he was he ran to say uh, we're going to get out of Vietnam. Then he stayed in Vietnam. Then the, then the carpet bombing and all the rest of the stuff that they did. And I don't want to go back into you know forty and fifty year old history here. But what people knew in that time, and they learned it from the European experience of the twentieth century, is that if you scare people. Yep. and you become the solution to their fear. I can, uh, I can you, let you sleep at night. I can right. help you feel like you're safe. That's and exactly what it was. Liberals, conservatives, yeah. demagogues, everyone has done it in their own way. Liberals believe that somehow that that the state will save you. That the that there's yeah. going to be we can some value out on all ways. Right. It, well, there's there's going to be you know some way that, that there's really good in in all people. Mm -hmm. If we just find it, and if if we if we stop the oppression, everything will be all right. And that's not completely false, but it's certainly not completely true. And then you've got this new version of conservatism, which is that all those people are out to get you, and the only way to make you safe is to stop them. So everybody's looking for safety. Yeah. Everybody's looking to feel better about the future yep. and their children and the world and all of that. That's what everybody wants. And what happened in that moment of mass media meeting politics? And I got to tell you, one of the great mm. series of all time, in my estimation, is Mad Men. 
And Mad Men plays on that in the first season as Sterling Cooper, the advertising agency, has to make a decision about going with Nixon or Kennedy mm-hmm. in 1960. Yep. Yeah. It's fascinating because it, yeah. and, and they're both playing it the same way. The aspirational JFK and the, well, you know, we're just going to have to keep pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and let's get rid of the communists nixon-esque kind of thing because you're just playing to two you're playing to two different constituencies that are afraid but of different things you know it's fascinating that you brought that up because as i was watching gaslit which is set you know in the early 70s primarily and you keep seeing these meetings of you know white men and crew cuts many of them had been military guys and operatives for nixon all these guys getting together in their strategy sessions and i kept thinking this reminds me of Mad Men, only it's politics instead of advertising. This, the dialogue, the drinking, the the token minorities who are secretaries or security guards and kind of always, you know, know more about what's going on sometimes out there in the real world, but the doors close when the, when the men are talking, the wives who are at home. There's a lot of parallel elements. All right, well, that ain't got nothing on Tucker Carlson's nuts. <laughs> and speaking of nuts, I'd ah. like to discuss... A chocolate cake that you'd be interested in. Portillo's. It's one of my favorite places to eat on the planet Earth. And that is absolutely true. I'm not making that up. I I, I probably order from or eat, drive through a Portillo's drive-thru and eat from Portillo's I probably once a week. Probably, I would say. And you know why? Because they got the best hot dogs, they got the best Italian beef, they got the best Italian sausage, and <laughs> they got great salads, they got great french fries, they got great everything that you want if it's comfort food or uh, what do they call fast casual now, whatever that is, hmm. you, you have got to stop by a Portillo's if you haven't done it yet. And if you live outside of the area in which there are Portillo's, you can order the stuff Online, And I always tell you, order the chocolate cake because it's the best chocolate cake you're ever going to have in your life. You can think, well, now how is a fast casual restaurant in Chicago going to make the best chocolate cake I ever had in my life? Trust me, it is. There are people all over the planet Earth that actually order that cake for their weddings and they build wedding cakes out of the individual chocolate cakes. I'm not making that up. (laughs) Try it. Portillo's.com. P-O-R-T-I-L-L-O-S. That's how you spell it. Portillo's.com. So let's talk about things people can watch. Well, there's this movie, Ambulance. Uh, We've talked about Michael Bay movies and these thunderous, entertaining things he does through the years where there's always the sun-dappled slow-mo shot Mm -hmm. of the American flag, Mm -hmm. and then we're either being Transformers or Bad Boys or whatever. Uh, And Ambulance is that kind of movie it's in theaters. I didn't care for it. Uh, the premise is kind of like a ripoff of Heat. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is a career criminal. He robs the bank. It goes wrong. And he, he carjacks an ambulance that's there on the scene to tend to a wounded cop. So the rest of the movie pretty much takes place in the ambulance as he tries to uh, go to safety and escape the LAPD with the helicopters hovering and the live freeway chases while all kinds of drama is happening on the ambulance itself. So it's sort of like speed meets, meets Mother Judson speed. Yeah. Yes, which yeah, is exactly what happened. And it's, it's like, here's one of the things. You know, giving Michael Bay access to drone technology <laughs> is like giving a pyromaniac kerosene and a match <laughs> and some, you know, 
Molotov cocktails. It's, so he goes nuts. And yeah, look, it looks great, but it's like, oh my God. And this movie goes on forever. And he never met a handheld, you know, kind of jiggly cam close up he didn't love. You know, and it just gets you dizzy mm. from watching it. Uh, so stay away from ambulance. I have to say that the drone technology was used at a new level in the Kardashians Hulu premiere. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you got to watch was it. Was there any testicle tanning? Well, uh, well, yes, of course. Okay. But there was a, an open to that mm. that was, I don't know, maybe at least 60 seconds, maybe 80 seconds of a, an extended drone shot that set up the season and that set up the opening credits, if you will, like we need to know who they were, mm. that was pretty spectacular. Well, it's amazing what can be done, even in the last 10 years or so. How it, you know, and Listen... Back in the day, you know, they'd shoot these action scenes with helicopters. You know, we'd see it here in Chicago or anywhere where, like, big budget films like The Dark Knight or whatever. Right. And there'd be helicopters with cameras and small planes with cameras and guys on trucks. And it was very dangerous and it would look amazing. So it's certainly probably, what, one one hundredth of the cost to have these drones everywhere. And you could probably do multiple takes. It does sometimes to me have a look like we know we're seeing a drone shot because we see it everywhere now. It's like, my son's Little League game. Watch him turn a double play. And there's this amazing drone <laughs> shot. Right. Uh, I, I think you know, it's sort of like special effects versus what we call practical effects. And there are certain car chase scenes where we just know that everybody's playing zoom, zoom in a car that's on a rack in front of a green screen and other stuff where they pull back and they show us stuff that's mostly practical effects. Anyway, don't yes. call an ambulance, okay? All right, fine. Sorry to bring up the Kardashians. And I also, like yes, yeah, yeah, reference I didn't think you'd be making tonight. <laughs> I also do want to mention, we talked a little bit about the first lady on Showtime, and it is one of the biggest disappointments of the year. Despite the good performances, it felt like a 10-episode Wikipedia video entry about, you know, even, you know, Gillian Anderson and Eleanor Roosevelt, the story's amazing, but it's like every time she talks, it's like, you know, I won't be told by you, FDR. You have your girlfriends and maybe I have one too. You know, it's all like, oh, footnote, <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt had a girlfriend. You know, I mean, it's sort of like you want to yeah. keep looking stuff up. Uh, Viola Davis as Michelle Obama. She captures some of the mannerisms, but it's not really much more than that. And that's so recent, it just feels like we're seeing a dramatic, right. you know, reinterpretation. As I mentioned, the Betty Ford segments are the most interesting to me to see. And Michelle Pfeiffer's amazing as Betty Ford. Uh, Aaron Eckhart playing Gerald Ford. Another guy you wouldn't see. Oh, and, you I know, love Aaron play, But he's very, very good. All of these shows that we talked about, the performances are excellent. You can see why actors want to sink their teeth and lean into these roles because they're getting this, you know, this usually great writing. The writing is what lets down the First Lady series. We're 20 years away from an Obama movie or series or whatever it's going to be that, well, that at least will put everything in perspective and take them from this young couple where everybody was saying, you're going to be the next thing. And neither of them believed it. And they fought over it. Yeah. And they couldn't decide what they actually wanted to do or to be. And then history swept them. You know, you make a great point. And we've had some nice little films like Southside with You, which told the story of their early courtship. Uh, In The First Lady, I I don't want to mention the actor because I I hope he has a long career, but the guy playing Barack Obama, Mm -hmm. it's sort of like they couldn't get the 10 guys who do better impersonations of Barack Obama. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm Joe. 
sorry, I didn't tell you the Secret Service. Come to the house. Uh, and as portrayed in this series, he's kind of a bumbling sitcom husband who keeps forgetting to tell his wife, like, oh, by the way, I'm running for president. Or, oh, the Secret Service are coming into our house. You know, I'm going to screen it. And he's always like, kinda, you almost feel like he's going to turn to the camera and shrug like Homer Simpson at some <laughs> point. It's not a, it's Don't. not a, it's not a great portrayal uh, All right. of, of Barack. No. I got a couple of things that I think are just fantastic. Uh, one of them is Gaslit, which we just mentioned, another political show, but I did like that, you know, Julia Roberts and Sean Penn. And it is kind of, it's done in the kind of Adam McKay style of a political satire, so there's a lot of dark humor, but it's also really good, and it's interesting to see the Watergate scandal from the viewpoint of John Dean and Martha Mitchell, uh, Shea Wiggum, who's a great actor, people know him from Boardwalk Empire and a lot of other shows, as G. Gordon Liddy. One of the most batshit crazy operatives oh, yeah. that people have ever, that the American He'd politics be very have ever popular known. today. I do feel like there was a missed opportunity because in Gaslit, they could have had a crossover with the First Lady because the Fords, played by Michelle Pfeiffer and Aaron Eckhart, could have crossed paths with the Mitchells, played oh, by Julia Roberts and yeah. Sean Penn. Hey, how you doing? Got your miniseries? You know, it's because it's the same time period. Where do we find that? Oh, that's a Stars uh, entry. Stars oh. is one of those networks that, for a long time, was just, "Hey, we've got R-rated movies. We've got it." And, th- and they've, in the last ten to twelve years, are doing more original programming and better original programming. Excellent. I've got another one for you. This one is fascinating. We talk a lot about true crime documentary series or fictional interpretations. This one's called Captive Audience, three parter on Hulu. Uh, you might remember this story, Ro. It's an incredible story in the 70s that was then made into a groundbreaking made-for-TV miniseries. The miniseries was called I Know My First Name is Steven. It was about this boy in California who was kidnapped at the age of seven by this horrible predator who told him his parents didn't want him anymore. He transported him 300 miles north of California to this remote town, renamed him Dennis, and proposed his father while he was systematically abusing this poor kid for seven years. Then this monster brings in a little boy named Timmy under the same guise. And Steven, who's like now 14 years old, something clicks in his mind and he says, I'm not going to let this little kid undergo and endure the abuse that I did. And he takes him and escapes and finds the authorities and, and turns them in. Says this little boy has been, ca-, and they're like, who are you? And he goes, I know my first name is really Steven. I mean, incredible story. It was all over the news. He's returned to his parents. Uh, in the made-for-TV movie, uh, it was a two-parter, and it garnered like 40 million viewers each night. It was really, really well done. The screenwriter, J.P. Miller, had done Days of Wine and Roses, Helter Skelter, so it was it was a prestige project, and it told the story. And uh, John Ashton, who was Taggart in the Beverly Hills Cop movies, and Cindy Pickett, who was Sarah Bueller's mom, played the parents of this kid. But it also gets into the fact that when he comes home at 14, it's tough for the family to deal with this and the siblings because they don't know him. And uh, the story in this documentary, row, it's incredible because Stephen, he's held as a hero, as he should be, but he has trouble adjusting to his life. His parents, his father in particular, you know, doesn't know who this kid is anymore. His older brother resents him. Stephen, uh, at a young age, gets married and has two kids. He's 24 years old and he gets killed by a hit and run driver. After surviving this incredible seven-year ordeal, he gets killed by a hit-and-run driver. Now, part three of this documentary series, and this is a documentary series, not a dramatic you know, interpretation, mm-hmm. focuses on the story of the Yosemite killer who murdered four women in 1999 in or around Yosemite National Park. Um, 
they eventually arrest the handyman who worked at the lodge near the entrance to the park. And it's Stephen's older brother. The older brother of this kid who had endured wow. this kidnapping had become the serial killer. Some theories were that he always resented Stephen being treated as a hero and he wanted to get attention of his own. But, bro, think about this. This is one family. Yeah. The and they have an interview with the mother. The mother's still alive. One son was kidnapped for seven years, brought back to her, and then died seven years later in a hit-and-run accident. And the older son is a convicted serial killer. Wow. I mean, so, so the movie's called, the documentary series called Captive Audience. It's really, really well done. But it's one of those things where you're like, how could two of, these are worth two series and it happens to one family. And it's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. The Ron Roper Podcast is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. AmericanEagle.com is a full-service global digital agency providing best-in-class web design, development, hosting, digital marketing services, and so much more. Visit AmericanEagle.com for more information. Tim Alanius and Renee Nelson are our executive producers. Demita Menezes, our long-suffering producer and production director. See you next time.